Welcome to Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Speaking with chefs, artists and food makers, farmers, authors and tastemakers who are passionate about everything delicious. A very happy Valentine's Day weekend to you food lovers. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. If you're hungry for juicy conversation, well, then this is your show and you are in the right place. Celebrate food and life by learning about the culinary scene around the world. Every weekend, you'll hear from chefs and artisan food makers, Food Network stars, grill masters, and farmers, authors and experts, tastemakers, mixologists, winemakers, and more, all of whom are passionate about everything delicious. That includes you and me. I love to dish on living the best life, health and wellness, wine and cocktails, trends and more. And so I hope that you'll continue to tune in because I'm always serving up seconds every weekend. You'll find podcasts of shows you might have missed on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. There is a bevy of inspiration at chefjamie.com, and you can find my daily dish on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen. So let's get to the culinary conversation, shall we? It is Valentine's Day weekend, so I thought a nod to chocolate was only appropriate, of course. I recently shared on Facebook Live a red wine chocolate ganache served over vanilla bean ice cream with edible flour confetti. I decided that that ganache might actually be my love language, and so you'll find it at Chef Jamie Gwen. But I get lots of questions emailed to me, and by the way, if you have a culinary query or you want to talk food, Jamie, J-A-M-I-E at chefjamie.com will get you to me. I get lots of questions about chocolate. My chocolate seized, my chocolate bloomed. What do all those terms mean? And so I thought it was good timing to share a tutorial on chocolate, really. Some of this, most of it, maybe all of it you might know, but it's a good refresher, in fact. And seeing that there are more artisan chocolates than ever on the market and beautiful ones. Scharfenberger from California, my home state, and artisan chocolates being made everywhere from New Jersey uh, to Zimbabwe, in fact. Uh, There is a chocolate for everyone, really. Now, chocolate, by definition, is made from tropical cacao beans, which are transformed by machine into a bitter brown paste of cocoa, from cacao to cocoa. And it's cocoa butter and cocoa solids. And it's unsweetened chocolate in this form. But when you combine it with sugar and vanilla and other ingredients, the result is heavenly, right? Now, it can be notoriously hard to work with. So the storage of chocolate is always a topic of conversation. It should be preferably, by the way, at 65 degrees or so. And so that means if you're storing chocolate in your pantry, which is right alongside your range, you should probably move it uh, because cocoa butter can separate from the solids. And that is what causes chocolate to bloom. What does bloom mean, you ask? Well, it's that telltale gray residue on the surface. And while it's not harmful, it can impair the taste, but most especially the texture of the chocolate. 
Now, chocolate will scorch or burn if you melt it at too high a temperature. Oftentimes, it will seize where it becomes thick and grainy. And that happens too if some sort of cold liquid is added uh, or tends to seep in. Let's say if you're, for example, chocolate dipping strawberries uh, with melted chocolate. Now, you can prevent it from seizing by adding hot liquid like cream. That's how you make a ganache. And by the way, ganache recipes are foolproof. Hot cream added to chocolate will never seize. And you want to make sure that whatever you put into it, like that strawberry aforementioned, or a whisk is perfectly dry. Now, let's say you're baking a cake and it calls for melted chocolate in the batter. Does it matter what kind you use? Well, it does. Only if you want it to taste good. Now, you'll find not all chocolates are created equal. There are different flavors of chocolate, we all know, unsweetened, bitter, semi-sweet, and milk. And I think that each is suited to a different dessert depending upon the flavor intensity that you desire. So when you buy chocolate for baking, you want to look for quality chocolate made with real cocoa butter and pure vanilla extract. And for recipes with lots of sugar and fat, like let's say an old-fashioned chocolate brownie, I like a, a strong unsweetened chocolate. Then for a concentrated chocolate flavor, like if you're making a chocolate souffle or a chocolate mousse, I use bittersweet chocolate. And then semi-sweet chocolate or the chips that everyone loves, best for icing or um, let's say frosting or cupcakes or eating out of hand at midnight if you're me. And then there are, of course, uh, the differentials that you need to know because chocolate packaging or good quality chocolate in packaging has a percentage on the bag or the box for that matter. Now, this number refers to the cocoa content of the chocolate. And so this is how I like to explain it. The higher the number, the less sugar the chocolate contains, which means the higher the number, the darker or the more bitter. And so if you love a bittersweet chocolate, you're looking for 80% plus. But if you like a mid-range chocolate, you're looking for 60% plus. And chocolate fanatics know this, you know, chocolate fanatics know that cacao is considered to be a superfood. Therefore, if you're looking to benefit from its health virtues, then you want a chocolate bar or chocolate chips or chocolate chunks with less sugar and more cocoa. Now, here is my final note, my philosophy on chocolate. Chocolate comes from cocoa, which is a tree. That makes it a plant. Therefore, chocolate is salad. And if you think of it that way, we'd all consume more chocolate, right? Posted at chefjamie.com, you will find my bittersweet chocolate sauce, black and white brownies, a chocolate cream that goes beautifully with angel food cake, a chocolate streusel for the top of a banana coffee cake, a chocolate Guinness cake with St. Patty's Day on the way, and so much more. Go to chefjamie.com, search chocolate, and you will be in Valentine's Day heaven. All right. It's time for food news this week. It's actually rather drinking news, and that sounds fun, doesn't it? 
Who's a gin drinker out there? Well, if you're looking for a new gin, there is a lovely new dry gin I had the privilege of tasting with a really floral palette and a soft finish that is new to the market. It is the winner of six prestigious gold awards with a score of 95 points, and it's called High Clare Castle Gin. It was founded in 2017, and it was inspired by, get this, Downton Abbey. Yes, launch a gin that reflects the spirit of an estate. And in the Langley Distillery, England's oldest gin distillery, this inspiration was brought to life. Now, if you're a Downton Abbey fan, you definitely should be drinking gin from the castle by which Downton Abbey is based on, right? It actually is a super premium gin. You can enjoy it straight on the rocks or use it to elevate a cocktail. And it's referred to as garden to glass, reflecting the spirit of High Clare Estate. Uh, it is a very respectable 43.5% alcohol by volume. And it does have a lovely square purple glass bottle with an image of the castle placed high and proud. So if you want to learn more, Downton Abbey fans, go to Flavier.com. It's F-L-A-V-I-A-R. Maybe it's Flavier. F-L-A-V-I-A-R.com. And don't touch your dial because there's so much more insightful, interesting culinary commentary coming at you. There really is, actually. We're going to fire it up coming up next, and I'm delighted because the grilling sensation that is David Olson is here. If you follow Live Fire Republic, you know his brilliant, beautiful grill master work, and we're going to dig deep into grilling and smoking and more with a master coming up next. Before the end of the hour as well, we're taking a trip to Italy, and you wouldn't want to miss it if we can't travel physically just yet? How about a virtual experience? Why, yes. With the author of Under the Tuscan Sun, her new book just released. In fact, it's a travel guide and it won the Lowell Thomas Award for Best Travel Guide of 2020. Frances Mays is stopping by and I'm delighted. So grab a snack and come on back because there is lots more fabulous food and delicious conversation in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away. Okay, fire it up. Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. Welcome back. The grilling sensation, a mastermind when it comes to smoke and sizzle, that is David Olson, is here. And this guy is hard to pin down. Let me tell you, he is all about fire and flames and fabulous food from the grill. And he is a busy man doing fabulous things. If you're one of his hundreds of thousands of followers, then you too, like me, drool on your phone daily when you witness his culinary talent. He's a grill master in the truest sense of the title. 
He's also a nationally recognized American Culinary Federation chef, a TV personality, a social network influencer of uh, the largest scope, an award-winning recipe developer, an international adventurer, and a live fire grill master. David Olson is the creator behind Live Fire Republic and A Bachelor and His Grill and an ambassador for Twin Eagles Grills, in fact, which I am proud to say I am one as well. But I got to tell you, this guy is awesome. Literally, I have licked my phone, aspiring to his grilling goodness. And so I begged David to stop by and dish. Get your tongs and your pen and paper ready because you are about to learn a whole lot about live fire. I really am very excited to have you here, David. Welcome. Wow. Well, thank you. That is a that is an incredibly kind uh, introduction. Wow. I couldn't be more excited. Oh, thank you. And I felt like, what a better place to be today, this weekend, than spending it with one of my dear friends oh, here you, on honey. your program. So thank first you. time on the program, I couldn't be more excited to be here. Well, I am delighted that you stepped away from either fishing or grilling or both. Wh- which, were you, which were you doing when you picked up the phone? I have to tell you, I, some of these fish, they're gorgeous and I bet very delicious. You know, fishing outside of cooking has to be one of my, uh, my absolute uh, highest passions. Yes. I, I love nothing more than, you know, the quiet, the serenity, uh, the adventure of the outdoors, and um, in fishing, fly fishing, uh, has just been something that's grown to, to just such an enjoyment. Mm, um, I love the solitude love of it, it, the excitement of it, and then there's nothing better in my mind than fishing by day and, and preparing a live catch over over fire by night. So you know, I'll, uh, I'll tell you, based based on your posts, uh, your family has to be eating better than most in the country on a daily basis. Um, I have a friend that called me who is a fan of yours as well, a a culinary professional. And we were talking about you coming on the radio and he said, I know what you should ask him. And I said, what? And he said, you should ask him if he ever turns on his oven. And I thought that's a really good question, actually. You grill breakfast, lunch, and dinner, though. I I mean, you very much have embraced this beauty of barbecue or grilling, do you differentiate in your definition for a very long time now? Talk about honing your skills. How do you define that culinary style? The, cu- the culinary uh, style of, of live fire cooking to me is, is really about the art and the essence of the oldest form of cooking. And that's cooking using fire. And it's using fire mm-hmm in a way uh, to elevate temperature, mm-hmm. to create texture, mm-hmm. to um, elevate the yes. essence of a dish mm-hmm. with uh, the profiles of smoke. Uh, it's an incredibly unique way, uh, but the oldest way, and I think in many ways the highest uh, mastery in the art of cooking. And it's using the, uh, in many ways, the uncontrollable uh, in a way that uh, is prepared beautiful foods using traditional culinary techniques. You and I both as, as chefs, uh, but using live fire cooking and outdoor cooking as a way to, to just really create a unique experience around the food we eat. Yes, and and I agree with you. It is a mastery. I, not that you're tooting your own horn. It is a skill set that one needs to develop. 
And alluding to what you said, yes, people have been cooking over open fire for centuries, right? But regulating that fire, what you talk about as live fire, is really a talent. You're all about flavors and colors. I love that you have so much complexity in each dish. So I wonder, do you... Do you, do you plan, do you forecast how those lobster tails are going to lay out on the board? Uh, do you think it needs a pop of green? I'll add jalapeno. Or h- how do you create a dish? Wow, it's such a good question. Um, I was actually asked this on a program last week. And um, my, my background is in art. And um, I was always naturally very passionate about food and adventure and outdoor. And there's just this marriage between the art of creating a dish um, in the way that I approach it personally, it starts with not only the, the protein, but I envision in my head a, a palette of flavors and a palette of colors. And, you know, if I'm uh, using a lobster tail or a fish, for example, I do tend to think about the color. And I think we eat with our eyes first. And so as I'm constructing the dish, I'm thinking about the different things in a dish, the fattiness, the saltiness, the smoke, mm-hmm. uh, the acidity. Uh, I'm thinking about the textures within that dish and how I want items to complement and contrast. And as an artist, I also think about uh, the way that a dish not only presents, but the array of color that's brought into that dish. Um, I love contrast in a dish. Uh, I love complement in a dish, and there's a unique like I said, there's a unique combination of subset that I seek in each dish that I plate, but um, flavor, texture, color, uh, attacking all of our senses at, at one time. And your dishes do that. They jump out from the board. I, I, I resist saying the plate because I love the rusticity of how you present dishes. And, and there's a lot like of... that word. It's true. There's I like a, that word, rusticity. Rusticity. Yeah, like yeah, there's a lot to learn from... The idea of if you're cooking over live fire, you might not pull out a fancy porcelain platter, right? I mean, yours is right. on a board or a burnt cedar plank, or I really love the the artistic side of what you do very much. But when you talk about all of the different components, your photographs scream from the screen. And I wonder, your palette, enlighten us, are you... Sweet, salty, bitter, umami. What, what do you lean toward? I mean, I know that there is balanced flavor in all of your dishes, but what's your, what does your tongue look for? What does your tongue want to taste? Well, I, I have a sweet tooth the size of Texas. Oh, me too. And <laughs> I just, I love, I love a, a, bit of, a bit of sweetness in just about everything. But I, I have to fight against that sometimes. Hmm. Um, you know, so I think when I'm looking for a, pl- a, a flavor profile, I, I really enjoy, you know, a good earthiness to mm-hmm. a dish. Yeah. And if I can find unique sources to bring uh, sweetness into a dish, I, I, I really enjoy that as well. So, um, you know, whether that is, you know, barbecuing in, in, the, in the rustic nature of plating or it's, you know, putting together a plated dish, you mm-hmm. know, I, I think that combination of those items really works well. And then obviously live fire Yes. You know, cooking, there's that integration of, of mm. smoke and, you know, smoke not just to, to prepare and cook the food, but using smoke no different than I would use salt uh, as an additional ingredient hmm. uh, into the dish. Okay, David, if you would pause there, we need to take a quick break. When we come back, more with Live Fire Republic's David Olson right after this. 
We're back and we're dishing with the ultimate grill master, the creator behind Live Fire Republic. He is David Olson and he is all about fire and flame. There is something I think we all uh, and hopefully um, many great cooks have found that one smoke flavor that just totally tantalizes their taste buds. And for me, I love applewood. I love pecan too. Um, I love the softer woods. What do you lean toward? Like I think of you as you're like big, bold mesquite. Yeah. Yeah. Well, at truth, at truth be told, there's a, there's a couple of flavor profiles I really like. I really love the combinations of oak and hickory. I mm. think oak and hickory nice. are uh, traditional. Um, I think about central Texas barbecue. Mm-hmm. I really love the Santa Maria style of cooking. I know that you're in California and mm. some of my most fond memories uh, are cooking uh, uh, in the Santa Maria style in the hills in the uh, Santa Ynez Valley. Just really beautiful, traditional red oak style of cooking. Nice. Cherry wood is among my favorites. I think any of the fruit woods, cherry woods, apple woods, peach, really, really beautiful stuff. And you mentioned pecan among my favorites. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, there's, a uh, what I've really come to start enjoying is that combination of flavors. In fact, you mentioned our, um, our shared partnership with yes. Twin Eagles Grills, a yes. phenomenal all American company. They are. And I really enjoy Chef Jamie. I really enjoy, uh, using that new pellet smoker and being able to integrate in unique different, you know, flavors of pellets and even using the smoker boxes on my uh, Twin Eagles Grill. I have the 42 inch one. Uh, but using that smoker box to really uh, build flavor yes, yes. while I'm just out doing normal backyard cooking, not even live fire cooking, but normal uh, you know, backyard everyday types of cooking. Sure. Now, okay, I-, I have a beef with you, but if you've just tuned <laughs> in, I- I'll get to my beef in a moment with David Olson. <laughs> if you just tuned in, you're late. Uh, because Live Fire Republic's David Olson is here, the creator, the mastermind, the grill master behind Live Fire Republic. If you're not a fan or a follower yet, there is so much to learn from this genius at the grill. Uh, first time gracing this show, in fact, and I'm delighted. We're going to talk food in just a second because I'd like to jump into some recipes with you and you know, ask you to share the secrets to your best chicken wing. But first... Let, let me follow sure. up on my beef. Okay, I too have a have a big 42-inch Twin Eagles grill. I'm a girl at the grill and I love it. And I'm a gas girl because I like immediate satisfaction, right? But this yes. pellet smoker that you talk about being so fantastic, you're just bragging because I don't have one. And oh. so I know, right? So you're just teasing no. me. I do use the smoker box very often on my traditional Twin Eagles gas grill. And I have been known to shortcut. If I'm short on time or feeling lazy, I will take an aluminum pie pan, like a disposable one, David. I'll soak the wood chips for, you know, as long as I have in, the, in a vessel in the kitchen sink. And then I poke holes with a paring knife, not the best use of a knife, uh, in the pie pan. And I'll just create some quick smoke that way. You, on the other hand, have been making love to your pellet smoker, right? <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. And creating absolute delectable dishes. Do you want to talk about it? Because it is the yeah, most we- innovative smoker electric, right, on the market. Yeah, as long as my wife's not listening to this, uh, I'm more than happy to share the details on my 
Yes, on your passion. Rendezvous with my twin eagle telegram. Of course. Yes. No, I think she's okay. You have a, a, a beautiful menagerie of children, so uh, I think you're, I you're both very busy. Talk about the this, <laughs> yeah. the pellet smoker, please. Yeah, well, I absolutely love this piece of innovative equipment. You know, first of all, the the twin eagles pellet grill, uh, you know, was built with I think the chef in mind. Yes. And what Twin Eagles did is gave access to a chef-grade hmm. product to consumers for their backyard, which I think is absolutely phenomenal. How I mean, cool it's built is that? with yeah. uh, 304 grade uh, stainless steel. Uh, it's built with the 14 gauge uh, grates, and I call them chef grade gate, chef grade grates. <laughs> Try saying That's that a tongue times. twister, right? <laughs> chef grade grates. You did good. Look at you. Wow. That's great. I've been practicing. Uh, I, I struggle at that. <laughs> so the you know what I really like about it is a couple different things. Number one, I can smoke. I can cold smoke. Hmm. I can uh, put uh, whether it be cheeses or it, it be uh, beef jerky or venison jerky. We have hmm. I have ninety three pounds of venison <gasps> uh, from a recent hunt here in Michigan. We can cold smoke that. Super oh. cool. You can also turn up that smoker, you know, to seven, eight hundred degrees, and you can even use charcoal in the pellet smoker. So you can use the pellet smoker oh, yes. to light the charcoal, and then use the charcoal to grill. I mean, it's oh, it's hot so smoke salmon, and cool, and I really think it's mm. the direction that pellet smokers are going to move in the future. Yeah, brilliant. I, I see hot smoke salmon in my future if I were to get on an airplane and fly to. Will you save some jerky for me? I am a jerky girl. Oh my, do I love jerky. All right, let's keep talking food. Can you talk chicken wings, please? Because your wings rock anyone else's wings I've ever witnessed. And there's something about how you maintain juiciness with a crust on everything Mm. that you live fire grill and maybe you'd share your secrets some of the best tips if you would i just think chicken wings are a great place to start right small quick cook universally loved well we just passed the big game right exactly right so we we've got some making up to do for all for all the wings yeah that weren't perfect a couple of the tips that i would give folks at home you know to wings i think folks can go on my social media and website now and they can find a beer brined and grilled sriracha buffalo wings. Mm. Um, I just love this recipe. Uh, so when I think about wings and I'm using, whether it be my grill or I'm using live fire, I'm always using a, a two-zone fire when I'm setting up the grill. Good. I'm using the direct component right. over the flame right. to char the wings, mm-hmm. and I'm using the indirect component to bring the wings up to temperature, to caramelize them, uh, and to really encrust the wings, right? Uh, I think that chicken often comes out so dry on a grill and inedible uh, because we try to prepare that chicken over direct heat the entire time. So I prepare the grill by turning one side to high. I leave the other side off. So one side is grilling, searing. The other side is cooking, slowly elevating the temperature. And I think for wings, it's such a perfect combo. And then when you throw in the smoke and you really kind of get that beautiful mm. smokiness in the dish, just yes. so, so nice. 
Yes. Okay, talk about the most recent steak you had, please, or what's for dinner tonight. You, you, you do have a, a beautifully, uh, wonderfully huge family, and I love it. And you have a <laughs> bevy of friends and great cooks around. I know that. And you celebrate every day, and it's one of the things that I, uh, I really admire most about you. Uh, you are uh, all about family. Um, but you don't cook anything small, like, no, I wonder if you walk around with a tomahawk, you know, like, hey, everybody, breakfast is ready. I, you, you're go big or go home. So a ribeye steak for you feeds a few, right? We do. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, I, we are blessed to have hmm. uh, my wife and I um, uh, four children. Yes. Um, and potentially growing, if you ask her. <laughs> um <clears throat> But, you know, you know, we do have to prepare a, a larger amount of meals sometimes. With four kids, you know, I have one in college. Mm-hmm. We have one that's still in a crib. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have some big eaters around here. We're big sure. boys around here. So yeah. um, when we're cooking, we're normally cooking for a few and we're cooking a bunch. I am making live fire bacon steaks with caramelized Ooh. maple tangerine glaze a la David Olson at livefirerepublic.com tonight. And I cannot wait. That looks so outrageously delicious. And we will toast to you. I can promise you that. Uh, Having uh, continued to hone his skills, I believe Chef David Olson is a master at the oldest, highest art of mastery in cooking. And that is using an open flame to create live fire delicious dishes. He's created Live Fire Republic. It is a global community of chefs and home cooks that really create unique culinary experiences, and you must follow at Live Fire Republic, Live Fire Republic. And then please go to livefirerepublic.com, check out David's shared recipes, check out his shop so that you too can become part of the clan, because that is, a, that, that is a group you want to be a part of, let me tell you. The shop is fabulous. I know it's ever-growing, David, um, and I'm going to be watching for sausages. Awesome. Yes. Well, uh, it has been such a pleasure. No, thank I, you. My uh, pleasure. So much admire and respect your work. Well, thank you kindly. And to be a part of your program here is oh, an honor. The feeling is and mutual. And next time we're back together, we're talking bacon steaks. Oh, yes, we are. Okay, I can't wait. Thank you. Uh, He is Chef David Olson, the creator behind Live Fire Republic. And go to livefirerepublic.com. David, thank you for taking the time. Truly appreciate it. To delicious dishes uh, and the opportunity to cook together at some point soon. We do have the best culinary thinkers on this show. So grab a snack and come on back. There's lots more fabulous food right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen, don't go away. going to make you hungry for more. Welcome back, Chef Jamie Gwen in your radio. While we might not be able to physically travel just yet, I'm in for a virtual experience in Italy. How about you? You, of course, know Francis Mays as the author of Under the Tuscan Sun and the movie starring Diane Lane, which we all love. Until we can eat copious amounts of pasta and drink espresso all day in the glorious cities of Italian love, we'll just have to armchair travel with Francis 
in her latest book. It's entitled Always Italy, and it will transport you to the magical country. Francis teamed up with Condé Nast Travel and the New York Times, and this is the ultimate culinary guide to Italy. For now, we're going to savor her insight into the secrets of Italy's little-known gems, just until we can travel there again. So travel buffs and dreamers, listen here for the best insider tips so that you can start planning your next trip to Italy. Francis Mays is here, and I am delighted. And so we say ciao, Francis. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. <laughs> so glad to be here. Yes. Congratulations on a, another really glorious homage to um, what I know you love as your second home. Your food descriptions specifically, though, from a chef's perspective, I have to tell you, are so lavish I love them, and they really do transport us to all of these wonderful places and finds that you share in Italy. Um, Kick off the conversation, if you would. Where are your favorite places to eat in Italy? Well, just about everywhere, I guess. (laughs) Um, Italy, we went to all 20 regions Mm. uh, for this cookbook and found that each region has its uh, unique recipes and particularly pastas, gelatos, uh, breads, coffees. Mm. So it was part of the big exploration to just key in on uh, these these differences. And I guess I must say one of my favorite places to eat outside Tuscany, where I live and have for so many years, is Sicily. Mm. The food flavors there are quite intense. They have this way of drying the tomatoes out in the sun for yes. several days, and it concentrates the flavor. And, of course, the dried tomatoes are used in so many sauces that it just lends this depth of flavor that is mouth-watering, of course, and just amazing to uh, experience in, in so many parts of Sicily. And the coffee in Sicily is the best in Italy if you're a real uh, lover of coffee. It's intense. You think, is that one tablespoon of coffee in my <laughs> cup? And hardly any more than that with a very big crema. And, of course, it's nipped down in one little sip. Yes. So oh. Sicily is a, is a great place to eat, I think, and Tuscany, of course. Um, I love the Roman food. I'm big fan of artichokes and I was just there in Rome in uh, early December and was able to have artichokes at every single meal. They fry the whole thing, they stuff it, they make pasta with it. There's just a, a cookbook to be written about artichokes in Rome that maybe has been written, I don't know. But I, I love um, the food in Puglia as well. Puglia is way down in the heel of the boot. I haven't been to Puglia. I could tell you, I remember the tomatoes and the figs in Sicily. And uh, I know the food in Rome. I, I, I have memories of the, of the pasta, the artichokes I love. Puglia, I've never been to. Puglia, of course, is all surrounded by the seas. But besides the seafood, which is, of course, the primary ingredient in Puglian food, they make the best bread in Italy. The loaves are so big you can barely carry them. They weigh 10 pounds. But the bread is this beautiful wheat. There's, I think, 32 varieties of, of wheat. Hmm. And 
Amazing. Uh, there's this special kind of golden wheat that makes the best bread I've ever had. Oh. But Puglia is also surprising for food because it has a large vegetarian base. They're foragers. It was poor country. They used everything growing on the land. So there are all these wonderful recipes for bitter greens and yes. foraged greens and, <laughs> you know, wild mint, wild herbs. That was a surprise to me. Their main pasta there is the orecchietti, the little ear-shaped pasta. Yes, I love orecchietti. Oh. You see them making it all over the place in, <laughs> in uh, Puglia. Yes. But the uh, the sauces are most likely to be vegetable sauces there. Yes, and your words leap off the page. It is a, a beautiful view of Italy and an insight to when we can all travel again, uh, the best places to savor. And so we thank you for sharing your love of Italy in such a, a beautiful, poetic travel log. It is called Always Italy, Frances Mays, of course, her new release. It won the Lowell Thomas Award for the Best Travel Guide of 2020, and it is an absolutely exceptionally beautiful, necessary read. Her previous bestsellers, of course, See You in the Piazza, Under the Tuscan Sun, Bella Tuscany, Every Day in Tuscany, and Year in the World. And Francis, what a, a privilege and pleasure to have you on the radio. Thank you for sharing Italy. You've made me hungry. So hungry, in fact. Well, <laughs> I'm so glad. And, I hope uh, I see you in the piazza there. Someday. I look forward to it. I hope so as well. Continued success and uh, wonderful eats to you in Italy. Please stay well. And thank you again for sharing your passion. Thank you. Ciao, ciao. And so that brings us to the end of another hour of fun-filled and certainly scrumptious conversation. I'll leave you with my last bite, my last ounce or tidbit of inspiration for the weekend. If you're celebrating Valentine's Day, or maybe you're just looking for a super simple, silky, creamy, almost guilt-free chocolate mousse recipe, I make this one in the food processor and I use soft silken tofu. It comes together in seconds. And with tofu and cocoa powder, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, good quality cocoa powder, please. A little bit of agave, pure vanilla extract, some raspberries, and some chopped pistachios. You will be a culinary hero with so little guilt. I will post my chocolate mousse in the food processor recipe on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Chef Jamie Gwen, where I hope you'll become a friend and a fan. You'll find lots more deliciousness at chefjamie.com. And of course, podcasts of shows you might've missed posted on iTunes under Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwen. I can't wait to meet you here next weekend when there's lots more fabulous food in your radio. Please stay healthy, eat well, and wear a mask. Thank you for listening. I'm Chef Jamie Gwen signing off, and I hope you continue to eat well. Bye.